everyone, I'm T.D. Worthington, pastor of the Pathway Baptist Church in Goldsboro, North Carolina, and this is Pathlight, and we're so indeed thrilled to have you a part of today's program. Thank you for tuning in. If you're listening by way of radio or one of the social media sites or on the podcast, we're so glad to have you, to have you with us today. Did you know you were born to be a blessing? Be a blessing to others. I encourage you to do that. Today, we're going to be talking about that just a little bit in a message entitled, Lord, Teach Me to Care. Lord, Teach Me to Care. I desire to be a blessing wherever I go to everyone I meet. But first, if I'm going to be a blessing to them, I have to care about them. And that's what we're going to be talking about just a little bit today as our Lord gives us time. Dear Lord, teach me, teach me to care. Just before today's message, though, I've got a musical selection coming your way. This is Poet Voices. It's called Dear God. Dear Lord, teach me to care. In Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 4, the Word of God says, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Now, it's natural for me to look after my own, and there's even a scriptural basis for that. But the Bible says not only should you look after your own, whether it's your assets or your material or your family or your house or whatever it might be, but also care about the things of others. 
You, you know, something amazes me, and that is how many people I come across, particularly in certain positions of care, we might say, that really don't care. People that you would expect to care, but yet they do not. There are school teachers that you would expect to care for children, have a special place in their heart for the children that they teach. But many school teachers, and this is not a blanket charge, please do not think it is, because there's a lot of great school teachers out there, but I'm saying many school teachers just don't seem to care for their students. There are many medical people, people in the medical profession, doctors, nurses, and others, uh, that they don't seem to care. They, they don't seem to give a flip. You know, if you fall over dead, well, tough. Uh, you know, just, just get out of my way. Medical receptionists and others that really don't seem, don't seem to care. Now, now look, I, this, again, I want to make clear, this is not a blanket charge. There's some very caring teachers. There's some very caring nurses and medical people out there that really uh, seems like their heart is broken if they cannot uh, help uh, someone in need. But there's a lot of others that just don't seem like they care. They're civil servants. I'm talking about people who supposedly work for us that we're paying, and yet they don't seem to care for us. Not one, not one bit. They seem to care more about showing their authority and showing their power. And tragically, even pastors that seem to make it pretty clear, they really don't care. They don't care about people. Now, again, and I keep emphasizing this, and you're probably tired of hearing it, but I just want to make sure no one understands. This is not a blanket charge to every teacher, every nurse, every uh, postal worker, every pastor, every policeman, whatever. Certainly not. But there are some that don't seem to really care about people. Now, I will take into account the fact that people in these positions, just like any of the rest of us, can have a bad day. Have a bad day every now and then, and, and, and you know, that they're not at their best behavior because I've been there. Maybe, maybe you've looked at me and said, I don't think you care. Well, maybe you've seen me like that. I hope not, but maybe you have. But I'm primarily talking about those who have shown somewhat of a pattern of not caring. They don't seem to ever care. They seem like they're in a bad mood every time you talk to them. I don't give a flip when it is, uh, you know, sunshine or rain. They're going, they're going to act like they don't give a flip about you. Judas was someone who acted like he cared, but he really didn't. Politicians sometimes act like they care, but it's only to get your vote. Businesses sometimes act like they care, but it's only to sell a product. Media outlets act like they care, but it's only to boost ratings. A person can make a, sometimes a sincere-sounding apology, but it's only to avoid further trouble. Okay, I'll apologize, so you'll just shut up and get off my back. I'm not saying that, again, this is true across the board for any of these groups or any of these people, but it does happen, and it seems to be happening more and more. Often, people are not as sincere and caring as they would like for you to think they are, or even as they perhaps ought to be. Now, maybe we've been guilty of this. I probably have myself. In our sinful nature, we naturally care about ourselves first. That's just the way we're born in this flesh. Sometimes we're the only ones we care about. Not only do we put ourselves first, we put ourselves second, third, fourth, fifth, and tenth, you know. And just because we get saved, that doesn't mean we won't be tempted not to care for others. 
you'd like to think, well, when you get saved, automatically I'm going to have a heart for other people. I'm going to be compassionate and caring and tenderhearted toward other people. I'm going to want to put other people first. That comes natural after you get saved, but 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 really it it it, it doesn't. We need to identify the ways that perhaps we manifest ourselves as not caring. We also need to identify with the things that perhaps we care too much about as Christians. Sometimes it's not that we don't care. It's that we care too much about lesser things. Sometimes we really do care, but due to perhaps a lack of knowledge or a lack of training, we we just have trouble showing it. I think I know some folks like that, that I, I think deep down they care. They just don't act like it, you know, and it doesn't manifest itself. They've never been trained. They've never been taught. They've never pondered, uh, you know, how they're coming across to other people. Deep down, they, they care very deeply. It just doesn't show. I know there's also been times when we care, but we're honestly not able to, to do anything about it. But what about the times we can do something about it? What about the times we can help but don't? And then there are times when we finally do help, but only because we need to, not because we, well, not because we really, really want to. Helping is better than not helping, but helping because we, we care is much, much better. May I share some thoughts in this regard today? First off, most of us care about the big stuff. You know, I, I, I hear it all the time at church, at conversations, and many times it's conversations that I'm participating in. Uh, we care about the unborn at our church all the time. You're hearing people talk about legislation or actions or judicial decisions that, that are murdering more babies. We care about the unborn. We care about racial injustice. Yes, we do. We care about religious persecution. Uh, certainly we care about Christian persecution, but I don't want any Muslim or anyone else persecuted for their faith. We care about sexual harassment. We care about child abuse. We care about immorality. We care about authority figures who abuse their power. And we care about corrupt politicians and corrupt business people. We, we care about things like that. Yeah, we, we care about all that because that stuff well, quite frankly, that stuff is pretty easy to care about. It usually requires no effort at all on my behalf. All I have to do is sit around and gripe, and then I feel good about griping because it, well, it shows you how much I care if I sit here and gripe about these things. So most of us care about the big stuff. But the second thing I want to mention today is it's the little stuff that we miss caring about. The Bible says the little foxes steal the grapes. They can slip in under the fence easier than the big foxes can. And they come in and steal the grapes. And not only that, they gnaw on the vines, robbing you of future harvest. Little stuff. Maybe the first thing you and I need to do is ask this question. What should I really be caring about right now? And maybe we need to ask that question dozens of times every day. What right now, at this very moment, should I be emphasizing what should be my priorities right now? That question is going to help you settle a, lot of, settle a lot of other questions. What is it that God wants you to do today? But what is it that God wants you to be doing this very minute? Those responsibilities may be given by your spouse or your employer or your government or your God. They also may be things that you, you just think of yourself, things that, well, I just feel that uh, uh, certain things I need to do today. They may not 
be because someone ordered me to do it or told me to do it. Maybe God didn't tell me to do it. But I do feel it's something that God would be pleased with and something that I feel I need to do. Now, I know pretty well what my responsibilities are today. I've got a list of things I need to do today, and, I, and I'm pretty well up to date on, on, on that list of things. But I find that unless I constantly go back and review those things, with all the interruptions that I get and all the wondering that my mind does, the idea of my responsibilities can get a little fuzzy from time to time. I normally make a list and carry it around in my shirt pocket or, or somewhere to say, this is what I need to get done today. And sometimes even during the day, those priorities will change depending on the emergencies or, or situations that might come up. But I need to keep my focus on what needs to get done. Is that true of you? Do you sometimes get sidetracked? Bad thing, sometimes you can look back at the end of the day and feel like you've accomplished nothing because you got sidetracked so many times. I had 10 things on my list to get done today, and I always, myself, I always encourage folks, put more things on your list than you can possibly get done. Do that. It'll be your motivation. It'll be your encouragement, all right? And, and uh, did you finish your list? No, actually, I didn't even get started because I got so many interruptions. And sometimes that happens. Sometimes it's a good thing to just step back and say, Lord, remind me once again of what I'm supposed to be doing. Remind me once again of what my priority should be today. Remind me once again of what is it you think I need to do today, and I want to make sure I get those things done. And to that moment of review and that moment of prayer, in that moment of prayer, God can refresh your mind and place on your mind and remind you of the things that really matter. The next thing I want to mention is we need to develop an attitude of caring. Now, it has to start with your heart. Your heart has to be changed. Uh, how do you do this? Romans 5, 5 says, The love of God that is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us, the love of Christ, makes us do what we do. I, I don't care about you because I'm a nice guy. That's not the real motivation. I don't care about you because it works in my benefit. No, no. I, I, I don't care about you because, well, I got nothing better to do. Now, all these things may be true. Maybe I do try to be a nice guy. Maybe it will even benefit me to be nice to you. It might keep me from getting punched in the nose. But that should not be my real motive. My real motive is I want to honor God. I want to do it because that's what God wants me to do. All these other things are just some fringe benefits, but I want to do that. I want to care about you, deeply care about you and the condition of your soul and the condition of your life and your family and your health and everything about you. I want to care because God wants me to care. So it begins with a changed heart. But next, we need to develop a caring spirit everywhere we go. I'm referring to a constant commitment to care. And you've got to practice that. You gotta, you gotta practice it everywhere you go. How can I show that I care? Do you show that you care when someone's trying to get in line at the, in the maybe someone's merging into traffic and you're and you're in traffic there? Do you show you care by letting them in? Do you? Yeah, you know, I mean, th these are things that, that, that are subtle. They're people you don't even know. They're people you'll probably never meet this side of eternity, and yet you can show that you care. Develop that spirit of caring. I'll, I'll give you an example. When I go to a store or somewhere like that, I usually try to park away from the door. 
I, I usually try to park away from the door. I leave the better parking places for other people. Now, I'm not t- talking about just the handicapped spots. I'm referring to other people because I realize, thank God, I can still walk. I can still get out of my truck. I can still walk to the door. And so I n- normally park four or five spaces away from the door, depending on the configuration of the parking lot, uh, to give others an opportunity to get closer. Now, if Sherry's with me, I may park closer if she's getting out because out of courtesy to her or if it's uh, if my gout is acting up, you know, I might park a little closer if I'm having trouble walking as I've gotten older. But I'm simply saying even now at my age, I try to park away from the door to give others that may be in worse shape physically than I am an opportunity to get closer. Now, of course, inevitably, I'm walking toward the door, and a 16-year-old is going to drive up and get the closest place they possibly can because they're too lazy to walk, you know, and I can't help but look at that and smile. But what I'm doing is trying to develop within me a constant commitment to care, and even where I park my truck symbolizes that. I try to get to church early. And as a pastor, I think I should. I, I like to get there early, make sure when folks arrive, the lights are on and, and things are comfortable. There's hymn books in the seats and, and, and there's music playing and things like that. And maybe you're in a big church and someone else does that. Uh, but I like to get there early. I like to greet people. I think it's a way I show that I care. I like to study hard for my messages. Now, I realize it doesn't always sound that way, but I like to study hard. Why? Because that's my commitment to care. I like to discipline myself to make sacrificial caring something I do many times every day. When, when I go to the academy to work, maybe on Saturday and there's no one else there, I, I don't park up close to the building. I, I park in a parking place. Now, if I've got something to unload or something like that, or if it's raining hard and no one else is there, I might park a little closer, but I'll park in a place. I, I don't pull under the shelter. I don't pull under the canopy. I'll, I'll leave that for someone that might really need it. All right. You say, well, you're there by yourself. What difference does it make? I want to get in a spirit and attitude. I want to get the habit of caring. For others and thinking about the benefit for others. The next thing I want to mention is we then, then look for specific people to bless. Our contacts with many people are largely superficial. You pass people day by day. You see them in the hallway. Hi, Jim. How are you? And he says, fine. How are you? You say, fine. And that's about it. That's about as far as it goes. Now, it didn't mean much except you were trying to be cordial and friendly and sociable by at least saying hello to the, to the fella. But you really didn't learn much about him, and that's not really caring. So if you're going to care about people, it means you've got to stop and interact with them. Now, if you're on the payroll, I'm not suggesting you stop at the water fountain and spend two hours talking to somebody uh, for on your boss's time. That's stealing. That's stealing from your boss. But I'm saying as you have opportunity and time, spend a little more time getting to know folks. What is there about this person that I need to be concerned about? What is there about this person about which he or she may be burdened or unhappy? What is there about this person, assuming there's something over which she is burdened or he is burdened or unhappy, what is there that I might can help them with? What can I do about it? Is there something I can do to help them ease that burden? To care about someone doesn't necessarily mean to be emotional, emotional about it. It does mean to stop and think about them rather than just passing them like ships that pass pass in the night. Philippians 2, 4 says this, look not every man to his own things, but every man also on the things of others. That's what we talked about when we first, when we first began. Stop and think about people. Consider what their needs may be. You'd be surprised what the Lord will do for you as you begin to pray specifically for the needs of others. Oftentimes the Holy Spirit will suggest to you something that he wants you to do. 
as a result of your praying. And then do what you can out of your own resources. To care about a person means to stop and think and pray about and do what you can. Now, you can't do everything, but at least you can, you can do something. Obey what I like to call that generous impulse. You have the impulse to do something something generous. You need, you need to do it. I, there was, there was, there's a lot of, uh, at the post office in Goldsboro, there used to be a lot of guys that would hang out there wanting handouts, you know, and sometimes there'd be four or five there, and I kind of learned to keep on going because many I'd seen there for year after year after year, and they stay there, you know. I heard one guy ask one, said, why don't you, you need to get a job. The fellow said, I had a job. I make more money this way. So, so, so some of them are legitimate, some of them are not, but normally, I mean, you, you can't, uh, you know, help five or ten people every single day. You know, you can't do it. But I remember seeing one fellow there that I hadn't seen before, and I, I kept walking. I walked on by him and, and kept going. And when I left the post office, I walked by him again. I got my truck, and I drove off, and the Holy Spirit said, you need to help that fellow. You need to help that fellow. And I'm sitting here trying to talk myself out of it. I've already left the parking lot, and the, the guy's probably trying to take advantage of somebody. The Holy Spirit kept burdening me. So I turn around and go back to the post office. Well, the guy's not there. So, so I, I leave the post office. I, I pull out of the lot, and I look up and down the streets to see if I see the fella, and, and I didn't. So I drove around a couple of blocks, and finally I saw him down William Street a ways, and, and, and I stopped. I pulled over to where he was, and, and, I, and I gave him some money. I said, the Lord told me to give you this. And I said, I don't know why. I said, you better not spend this on liquor. And he said, he said, he said I'm not. He said, I'm going to spend this on food for my family. I'm going to spend this on food. Now, I, I hope he wasn't deceiving me. I, I may have been deceived. But the, but the thing is, I did what God told me to do. I don't know if the guy's need was legitimate or not. I don't know if I was entertaining angels unawares. I, I don't know. But I'm saying, you've got to obey that generous impulse. I remember seeing an elderly lady on a cold, rainy day carrying out a couple of bags of groceries at the food store. Now, I was in a hurry. The weather was miserable, so I, I said, I'm going to get in my truck and drive home. But I put my groceries in the truck, and she was still trying to make it make it to her car. So I went over and said, can, can I help you? And she said, bless you, bless you. I was praying that God would send someone that might could help me. Well, I think I did the right thing. An attitude of caring, looking for those opportunities. God will help you do this if you'll think about people, if you'll pray about people, and then if you'll be willing to do what you can personally for them. It'll make you do what the Bible calls being a sakura in Romans chapter 16, verse number 2. That is an effective helper of people in their need. You don't know what God has for you, but you have to start somewhere, and you've got to start by caring. And then you need to look for specific opportunities to bless. You prayed until your heart is warm, till your heart is tender with the love of God. Now you can learn to intentionally love, to walk into the church building with three or four people in mind to say, I just want to touch that person today. I want to touch them. I want to refresh them. I want to be a blessing to them. I want to encourage them. I want to support them. Be willing to go out of your comfort zone. I know this can be challenging for an introvert, but, uh, but, but to love people, you have to interact with them, have a small conversation here and there. That, that's the true beauty of our fellowship, where we can express it through mutual care for one another. When we're unified in mission and in our care and concern for each other, we'll be much better positioned to go out of the church then and show love and care for others. There's so many little ways to show you care. And these caring actions give legitimacy to your witness that you're a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. They'll know us by our love. 
Now, here's a small thought here. Don't make a federal case out of it. Don't help somebody and then go bragging to 20 people what you've done. No, that's not what it's about. There's nobody more obnoxious than someone who's officially helpful. But I want to give you a final warning, if I could, today as we close out. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 15, And I will very gladly spend and be spent for you, though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. Paul says, I, that is for my part, will spend. The verb implies spending not only all that he has, but even to the verge of exhaustion, all that he is. And yet with all that spending, there was the painful knowledge that they might not return his love and care. Now remember, this is the Corinthian church, and they had a lot of problems, and Paul rebuked them for a lot of stuff. And he did that because he loved them. He cared for them, and he says, I've tried to display my love for you, but I realize that might not be returned. I learned a long time ago that if I trust people, I'm going to get betrayed. If I love people, they'll not always love me back. If I support someone, they may stab me in the back before it's over. And if I care for people, that doesn't mean they're going to care for me. However, the other option is to go through life never trusting, never loving, never caring. And I'll be quite frank with you, my dear friend. I refuse. I refuse to do that. I would rather care and be hurt. I would rather care and be hurt than to go through life not caring about anybody. Not caring about anybody. Sometimes that happens even in our own families. Parents take care of the kids. And when the teenage years kick in, sometimes they don't acknowledge or appreciate all that you've sacrificed for them. Hopefully, they'll get older, more mature, and they'll turn back. And if we can even be that way toward God. He's done so much for us. His care is beyond measure. But sometimes we too are ungrateful. In closing, I want to say when we're truly unified as a church, We'll care for one another in tangible ways. We'll render our care physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, and spiritually. So so what's holding you back? What's holding you back? To be a church means to be a community of believers that carry one another's burdens. Imagine what the church would look like if each of its members would share the weight of the load. I'm asking you to care. But more than that, I'm asking you to show that you care for others. Develop that attitude, that spirit, that habit, if you want to call that, call it that, of caring. Discipline yourselves to care every single day. And you will more reflect the true image of our Lord Jesus Christ as you demonstrate your care. Well, as always, I want to thank you for tuning in to the broadcast today. It's always special, a special treat to be able to hopefully minister to you, at least in a small way, through the way of radio or social media or, or ever how you may be getting this program. Lord, teach me to care. That's what I want. I want to care more and more and more not just about my family and my welfare and my possessions, but about you. I want to touch your life in a way that will show that I care. As you go to church, I want you to think about somebody you can bless while you're there, that you can demonstrate your care for them. It'll bless you and bless them. Till next time, T.D. Worthington saying, May God's blessings be upon you and yours. You have a wonderful week as you walk with our Lord.